Okay. Donut, you're like totally just fully sniffing into the microphone. And you grumpy growled to get up here. Stop. I swear she's never makes a noise. And then she's like all about the podcast right now. Okay. Welcome to my pleasure. Episode five. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you're with us live, it's Monday night, seven o'clock live on amp. Uh, just went for a walk and then I had some sushi like so fast. Normally I like to eat after I record these, but I'm going somewhere after. So shoved some sushi in mostly because I wanted to remind myself I'm back in LA baby because I was I feel like I've been several places yeah wait I was in Austin and then I was in Skokie and then I was in Colorado yeah I went with Mark Marin. um so there's a lot to talk about today so let's just dive right in um And by dive right in, I mean I'm pulling up my notes on my iPad, which, by the way, someone had asked me this week on Instagram, like, how do you take, keep track of your thoughts? And I have to say this past year, I've really gotten into a very serious relationship with my notes app on my iPhone. Like, it, it's working, you know, and I feel like after all those years of downloading different apps and like programs that were supposed to be the most ideal version of how to take notes and blah, 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 and creativity. No, it's the iPhone notes app. Like I live and I die by it. I breathe, eat, sleep, whatever saying you want to say, like it's that. I, I have no organization. I mean, there's like minor organization, but if I tried to explain it, it wouldn't make sense to you. So if you're the person that asked me that question, that's the answer. And I would say follow your heart in terms of how to organize it. Okay. So right after I record this tonight, um, and by the way, hello to the Thursday morning crew who listens to this, uh, when it comes out, everywhere podcasts are available every Thursdays. And, uh, what was I going to say to you? Oh, I hope you guys are like driving to get groceries or folding laundry or waiting for your sugar fish to arrive or um, driving somewhere and it's like kind of a boring drive. And so my talking is going to help you. Okay. So I like had something to say and then I had to say that dumb thing and now I don't remember, but you guys sent me a lot of questions and... I'm so mad that I don't remember it. This is why, okay, we're going to get right into stuff today because I have things to say. So, Miss King, who is she? What is she? How is she who she is? It's true. I've changed my name online and like sort of in my heart for now to Esther King. Now, naturally, the next question is, did you get married? No, I didn't. I didn't get married. But I have been in a partnership for 10 years with a man whose name is Dave King. And so I have taken it upon myself to adopt his last name. Is it a rebrand? Yes. Is it marriage? No. So basically, I have decided just again, like how I said I treat my notes app, I'm following my heart. I'm following how I feel. And I feel like changing my name, my last name to Dave's last name is the appropriate step before marriage. I am not ready to get married, not really interested in it. And that's why Dave, I was telling him today, like, we're, we have, we're Mr. and Miss King. So that's just what's happening. Like, uh, by the way, I know I'm not alone in my weird ass opinion of marriage. Like, finally, finally i'm hearing from these young gen z voices on tiktok and like blogs and stuff and like i cannot i'm not trying to sound like some sad old millennial who thinks they're young i don't think i'm young i know i'm 30 well i do think i'm young i actually think i'm very young i'm 34 i'm very young but i 
uh, like, I really agree with them. Like, they think the way I think. And so I feel very in alignment with the, that generation. It's And, like, people my age don't understand. They're like, I don't get it. You're engaged? So when's your wedding? What? And, like, obsessed with why isn't Esther getting married? And, like, I feel like it's become this actually so annoying part of my everyday existence and identity is like having to answer the question, why am I not getting married? And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? What is this Christian society that I have to deal with where it's like marriage is so meaningful? I just want to scream to people like, hey, I don't read the Bible. Like I wasn't raised Christian and I, Lashana Tova, because it's Rosh Hashanah, I, I'm, but I'm not that either. But, um, I mean, I am, I do identify as Jewish, but culturally, well, that's for another moment. But, um, yeah, bro, I'm not Christian. I don't read the Bible. Like, I don't need to get married. That's weird. Marriage literally is like either, okay, wait, marriage comes from two institutions, right? One is the Bible. Ugh. Sorry if you're religious, like peace and love, kisses and smiles, but, um, not for me, which, was a fun thing that actually me and Marin talked about this weekend. And he has really funny material on the subject, but very in alignment with me and how I feel. But, <clears throat> okay. So two institutions, one, the Bible, Christianity, whatever it is, I don't know. Catholicism are, they're like the same thing, right? Do, by the way, are Christians and Catholics like competitive or are they like one unit? So, <clears throat> there's that institution and then the other one is what like the government are you insane the u.s government that's been like ripping me off since i was born i'm good okay i'm good on the path that i'm on which is following my instincts and my feelings and thank god think wait oh my god i just said thank god <laughs> oh my god i just said thank god wait I just hypocriticalized everything. Thank goodness I wasn't raised to have religion. And so I have so much more room for error, meaning like there's so much more free space in my brain to like make things up, right? To like make them up as I go and make up my own rules. And so... Yeah, marriage has never made sense to me. I That doesn't mean I'm definitely not going to do it, but I just have all these like amped up angsty feelings about it only because of how many times I've been asked about it for the last five years. And I know that's my fault, right? Like I got engaged. Like I get it. It is. I brought it upon myself, but that was really because the engagement was coming out of a, well, my side of it. My desperation for the engagement was coming from a place of an insecurity and a fear that like Dave would break up with me. And so the engagement really like meant a lot to me. And that doesn't stem from anything romantic. That just stems from like my horrible personality. And so now that I have that commitment from Dave, I'm like super chill and it's all good. And I don't need to get married. I might. I changed my name. I just, I, now I'm like, did I change my name to mess with people? It seems like I am just trolling everyone. <clears throat> but I, it's like, I really, tr it's both I'm trolling people, but also like, that's how I feel. And I want, I like how that name sounds and how it looks. And so we're rebranding with it. And it's a way to honor the 10 years that Dave has spent committed to me and my, nonsense constant nonsense so that's the story of miss king and because of that being the headline news this week i thought i would tell you guys a little origin story which is kind of one of my favorite things to talk about because i feel that i'm so very much myself and i hope you are too like i hope you hear me say that and it motivates you to very much be yourself because you guys know i always say and I learned this in junior high, like the best fucking friends or people to be around are, don't I, I feel like you're so antsy. Oh, you're so weird. Okay. The best people to be around are people who make you want to be yourself. 
Because sometimes in middle school, you're hanging out with cool girls and you just like want to be like them, right? Because they're so cool. But then the really cool girls like are so cool and so themselves that they make you want to be more yourself. Like they make you feel more confident in your own skin and who you are. And that's literally all I aspire to share and be and also be around. Like I, I, that's why, oh my gosh, like, my fashion friends make me want to be more myself, but not because of me, because of how cool they are as themselves. And so, mwah, chef's kiss, very delicious. And anyways, I like origin stories because I feel like I have these really defined, definitive, whatever qualities. And so I kind of like to explain them to you guys a little bit. And so this one is about relationships with men. Actually, romantic relationships with men because relationships with men is a very separate, equally as big category. Donut, are you going down? Like, come on. Okay. So this is kind of like, yeah, we'll just call it relationships with men, even though it's kind of more on the romantic side. But so I want to give you guys my origin story for why, well, This is kind of an origin story for, yeah, my relationships with guys and why I never learned what flirting is. They're very connected. So when I was in high school, I had a monstrously gigantic, majorly obsessive crush on a guy. He was a year older than me. I saw him in a play. I know, so dorky. And I thought he was so talented. I thought he was so attractive and cute. And I just was like, I am in love with this guy. I'm a freshman in high school and it's, I have been bit by the bug. I can't believe it. Cause you know, you get to high school and you're exposed to all these new kids which is so weird to say in this context, but you're exposed to all these new people and it's like so fun and energizing. And so I believe it was, was it the beginning of freshman year? Yeah, it was. It was the beginning of freshman year. And I saw him in this play and was like, I have the biggest crush on this guy, okay? And then like freshman year goes on and I'm like kind of living a normal life, but I still have the crush and like, you know, every time he's in a play, I go see it and like the crush just grows. This is making me sound weirder than I am, which is hard, but I saw all the plays because I wanted to be in theater, not just like because I was stalking this guy, which there would be nothing wrong if I was. Okay. Anyways, cut to sophomore year of high school and I'm basically, I'm in homeroom all four years of high school, you're in the same homeroom. And so actually, and this is kind of another, its own origin story and relationships with guys. But like, I happened to be in homeroom with like one of the really cool guys in my grade. And all throughout the four years of high school, like he always crushed on my friends and I'd always like kind of try to set him up. And, you know, it was really fun. Like there was, it was always platonic with me and this friend, like, and I still kind of check in with him here and there. It was just so much fun. Like we would just laugh together and he would make fun of me. It was very, very eerily similar to a lot of the male friendships that I have now. I wouldn't say it reminds me of Benji, but I would say it reminds me a lot of my friend John and a lot of my friend Carlos. I feel like he's different than Benji because Benji never really hooked up with any of my friends. But so me and this friend, Bobby, that is his name. It's not Bobby Lee. (laughs) We just had like this great, great relationship. And it turns out, you guys, sophomore year, I find out Bobby's brother is best friends with my freaking crush. Are you, are you kidding? What? And they're like family friends. And I'm like, oh, what? I Like, I can't believe it. I can't handle myself. I'm this close to my crush. Like, this is absurd. And so I 
tell my friend Bobby and, you know, of course, like so appropriate to our relationship. He's like making fun of me and, you know, he just thinks it's so funny and he's like kind of even weirded out that that's who I like because he's kind of like a dorky guy, you know, and Bobby's like such a cool guy. He's like, what? Anyway, so I tell Bobby, I'm like, Bobby, you need to tell him. You need to show him who I am and you need to tell him that I have the hots for him. And like, so if he's into me, like, let's rock, okay? Literally like a 14-year-old psycho. (laughs) So I send that message off to Bobby and I'm so nervous and I'm so insecure that I'm like, each day that goes by, I'm waiting for an update, right? But I'm so freaking insecure at the time. In some ways, by the way. I think in romantic relationships, yes, insecure. But socially and like in terms of like speaking my mind, whatever, I'm pretty much a confident person already. So um, as my mom always says in preschool, was it preschool or kindergarten, that the the teachers like said I was the leader of the class. So I'm like, okay, if you guys like this podcast, it it's all making sense. Anyway except that made no sense, but I was confident. But when it came to liking this guy, like everything, I just, it wasn't, I wasn't able to have my normal, be my normal confident self, which in fact really lines up to how I, things went the first time I met Dave. But anyway, so I'm each day waiting for Bobby to like give me the update and the update never comes and so I'm like oh my god I'm so embarrassed he told this guy and the guy was like ew and then like Bobby was so sad for me and felt so pathetic on my behalf he just like didn't bring it up because what are you gonna do be like hey 14 year old crazy girl I told your crush about you and he said ew bye so I just kind of like took it I took the hit and I went on with my life, right? And then a couple weeks later, a new semester starts. I'm in a new acting class. OMFG, my crush is in the class. And I know the deal, right? Like I know that he knows and there's nothing there. And so I'm like, just gonna be cool, right? Like I, it, it gave me this different perspective on him. And it was like the pers- which was the perspective was, okay, I have a crush on this guy. He's 100% not interested, right? Like he saw my face, not interested. Okay. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be friends with him. Like, I'm going to pursue this guy as a friend because I think he's really talented and it's kind of so straightforward, right? Like I know he's not attracted to me. So it's like, it's almost been primed to have this friendship built with this cool guy who's excelling in uh, a skill that I also like and want and we have similar interests. It's like, okay, fine. Like I can be friends with him. Like I still, you know, maybe I'll have a crush, but maybe it'll go away, whatever. So we meet and we become friends and, you know, like slow burn, you know, but we become friends. I become friends with everyone in the class because I really always was very social and wanted to be friends with people in my theater classes because that was like my community at the time. Which, by the way, like, freshman year of high school, I was so excited to finally have an opportunity to to do theater that I had so much hunger and energy towards it and so much passion that it, like, that was still very much alive. So this was a very positive experience for me to build this friendship. And we start hanging out more. And, you know, he's going to stagecraft because like when you want to be an actor at our high school, you had to put in your crew hours, which I'm still, by the way, I could do a whole podcast on our acting program in high school. It was such an another very important like origin story for me because it taught me so much discipline and like to 
respect every job on the crew and to learn every job on the crew. Like they were not just raising or like educating asshole actors at our high school. Like they were like, no, you do everything. Maybe that's just because they needed the sets built, but I interpreted it as like, we respect all the jobs. And to this day, when I'm working on like shooting something, um, I really like when someone can do every job on the set, I'm like, that's the most impressive position to be in. And our friend, me and Benji's friend, um, this really talented director, Jacob Pinger, he had started as a camera guy. And so he directed our short film that we used to sell our show alone together. And he could do every job. And it was just so impressive to be in a room where you are capable of doing every job, there's no bigger flex, right? Like there's no bigger flex. And so anyways, and again, I might just have that point of view because of what the origins I just gave you. So we go to crew together and we're starting to hang out more. And before you know it, he's into me, okay? He tries to kiss me. I'm like, what? I literally like recoil and I'm like, what is going on? He's like, what? I'm so sorry. What? And I'm like, wait, I, Bobby, this and that. This motherfucker never told him. He never knew. I was never rejected. I made everything up in my own head. I did this all to myself. To be fair, it's Bobby's fault. He should have just either done it or not. But also, he was a 15-year-old boy. Like, why did I expect him to for sure do the thing he said he was going to do for the weird girl in a homeroom? Whatever. It was on. We, that's the person who ended up becoming my high school boyfriend, who, as you guys know, I have this, like, weird haunting relationship with in my head. But uh, honestly, everything's fine. But so all of that long, not that long, story is to tell you why I have never learned how to flirt. It's because I met the first guy I liked and we dated all of high school and I never flirted with him. It was like he went like from friend to boyfriend in like the snap of a finger. And so I've always given that advice to actually mostly my guy friends because they're the ones who usually ask me for this kind of advice. But this is kind of like my dating advice overall is if you like someone or you think they're attractive, go up to them and become friends with them. And if there's a spark, like, it'll it'll spark but there's no to again this is just me like and by the way i'm sure there's people listening that are like duh what is flirting you weirdo but you'd be surprised okay because a lot over the years in my business i have had it come back to me that certain guys i've talked to have have told other people that we were flirting and i'm like what the fuck are they talking about and so i think that's like maybe it's made me a little naive because I, when I meet someone and talk to them, I'm, we're just talking. Okay. It doesn't mean anything more. Just, but guys are dumb. Everyone's dumb. Everyone's smart. And then they think like, Oh, this girl is looking at me and talking to me. No, I'm just a person, but whatever. That's for another time. So that's my, I guess, hashtag. No, not hashtag. <laughs> hashtag Esther King. That is. My reason why I never learned how to flirt and why over the years when I've been accused of flirting, it, you're wrong. And it is the secret to, I think, building a strong connection and a, building a relationship. You just apply the rules of friendship, see what happens. And I found, and I discovered it accidentally because Bobby is an idiot, not Bobby Lee. I want to say the real Bobby's last name, but I don't want to like 
say his last name. By the way, he had sex with so many of my friends, which I, I, why did I like that? I was like, that's so cool. I don't know. Okay. So let's get to some segments. Um, cause there's some, there's some stuff going on. So I want to start with hot girl homework. Um, and this is a little bit inspired by my weekend with Mark Marin. Uh, actually, no, like the week of travel. My hot girl homework for you, should you choose to accept, is to create a capsule wardrobe that's basically like maybe a week's worth of outfits, maybe like a suitcase full of clothes you're going to pick from, and kind of like it's... and. Use that for the week. Like, basically, this is inspired by me really enjoying the feeling of living out of a hotel room, living out of a suitcase, being alone in a hotel room, which I find to be really where I come alive. Being alone in a hotel room, I just feel very, like, inspired and creative. And, you know, I think it's because, one, I'm alone. There's no distractions. Two, I'm in a new place, but it's a confined room. And usually it's somewhat nice. I stayed in, Mark had us in a really nice hotel in, where were we? We stayed in Denver at the Bourne Kimpton. It was actually like really, really beautiful rooms. Had like a nice Colorado touch to them. So, and I actually had gone live on TikTok while I was there and was talking about how I really like being alone in a hotel room and how it's like magical. And then I quickly realized, wait, I feel like really bad things happen to people when they're alone in hotel rooms. But anyways, for me, I'm doing this this week. I am going to go through my wardrobe and I'm going to pull like maybe five t-shirts, three pairs of pants, a sweatpant, a couple things, and just kind of like use those in my rotation maybe for the next couple weeks. Again, there's something fun for me about it almost gives you like this mini vacation in your mind. Like, okay, I only have this stuff to work with. And it makes your brain, it simplifies things, right? Like you're not having to dig through your normal closet that you normally dig through. And it just, I don't know, there's just something simplified that I experienced from being out of town for a week and just having like those four shirts to choose from. And you kind of get, cre- you have to get creative with it. Um yeah, and I also traditionally like to wear the same outfit like five days in a row, which I've been doing a little more than I usually do lately. Um, I shower today. So after the, so after this recording, I'm going actually to Miranda's house. We're having, we're doing pumpkin carving. I don't know why I told you that, but, uh, what's next? That's the hot girl homework. Okay. The top five-ish this week. I think I only have four. TV shows from childhood. Now, this is a hard category because does it count teenage years? Is it just child years? Is it like Nick Jr.? Is it regular Nickelodeon? Is it MTV? So I, oh wait, I think, okay, I don't know how many I have actually. I think I have three and then I'll explain. So these are top five-ish TV shows from childhood. I think all of them are on Nickelodeon. I think that... (laughs) Yeah, okay. So the first one is the most important one. And it's a show that ran for one season. And I pretty much have never met anyone who knows it. And I've never been able to find it online. And it's called Kablam with a K. In fact, as we're talking about it, I'm going to look it up and see if it's on Paramount Plus. Because there's a chance it might be. Because... It's a Viacom show because it was on Nickelodeon. If you know Kablam, you are in a very, very special club with me. If you don't, you are still in a very, very special club with me. Don't worry. But Kablam is definitely not on Paramount+. Plus. Okay. It was this cartoon. Oh, my God, it is. Oh, my God, it is. Oh, my God, it is. <gasps> oh, my God, it's on. Oh, my God. I literally need to, like, hang up. Here, I'm going to play a little and see if I'm sure I'll get copywritten or whatever if they play a theme song. Kind of 
This is a theme song. It's so generic. I, I can't go to Miranda's house tonight. I have to stay home and watch Kablam. Oh, I, I'm speechless. I'm so speechless. So, by the way, if you get Paramount Plus to watch Kablam, you can also watch my stand-up special because I think it, let's look up and see if Hot for My Name is on here. Okay. Hot for, still isn't popped up. There it is. Esther Povitsky, Hot for My Name. So you can watch my stand-up special and Kablam if you're interested. Um, Kablam was like a weird, a very weird nonsensical cartoon that had these little cartoon hosts and then they would cut to different skits. In my head, they were very advanced and smart and grown up. Like, I feel like I was a smart, I feel like I was, I, it's really funny to try to say a sentence where you're calling yourself smart and you literally can't get the words out. So I'm just going to shut up and tell you that I can't think straight because Kablam is on Paramount Plus and I just found that out and I feel like I've really, I've withheld so much joy from myself by not checking that earlier. The next top five-ish favorite TV shows from childhood is obviously Rugrats. So iconic. Angelica, you little bitch, I love you. But obviously I identify as Tommy. I'm like half Tommy, half Angelica. Next would be SpongeBob. Now SpongeBob is a little bit like ahead of my time, before, after my time. But I got really into it in high school. Uh, very high school episode. I used to watch it in the morning. Uh, I think it was on at like 7 a.m. And I would, I would watch from 7 to 7, 7.15 and then I would get picked up from school or to go to school. And I, obviously the show of SpongeBob creates the most fun world to be in and I still love it. And I watched it also a lot freshman year when I had this sinus surgery, you guys origin story alert freshman year spring break when like all the rich cool kids are like going to florida or some shit with their family and like making out with floridian teenagers and coming back with tan lines and stuff not me i had to schedule my sinus surgery because i had these chronic sinus infections oh my god i'm just getting hotter and hotter at at one point in my life, I had a sinus infection every two weeks. It's very weird. Like, I, I'm like, what the f- is there something wrong with where I lived or just my body? What, what was going on? Were allergies like that bad? I, I never even really had allergies. It was just I had these sinus infections all the time. Like, I would get sick and I would go on antibiotics and I would get better and then Within 10 days, I had another one. And finally, my ENT was like, I think it's time. You need the surgery. And I remember I was so dramatic about it because I was really scared of surgery because I saw this 2020 episode where this family, their dog had gotten put down on accident. These, this fucking vet put the wrong dog down. To this day, I can't even emotionally go there when I say those words because it was so traumatizing when I was little. But um, it made me really scared of surgery, rightfully so, because you're like being put to sleep. And I just had it so associated with that. And I had already had all these stupid surgeries for like tubes in my ears, whatever little weak kids get all the time. Lashana Tova. Um Happy Jewish New Year. I was weak. I, so the doctor was like, you have to get the sinus surgery. And I was so dramatic. I like walked outside. I remember I just didn't say a word. And I walked outside the doctor's office and just like stared at the parking lot. And my mom was like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, 
I don't want the surgery. And it was just, no, you have to get it. So we scheduled it for freshman year spring break. And of course, of course, there were complications after. And of course, it was a very defining week of misery. I remember I was sleeping in my original bedroom because I think that was still my room. Uh, and I was watching TV. I was watching, I would watch SpongeBob like all the time. And then I saw this commercial for Burger King that they had SpongeBob toys and the kids meal. And I was like, that's the only thing that's going to make me feel better. By the way, like corporate America, thank you for raising me so much. But I, I just, again, I think of SpongeBob. I think of sinus surgery. I think of Burger King kids meals. Was this before or after I got mono? That was after. Okay. So SpongeBob. Next. Those are the top three. And then the next two are shows that I actually watched a lot of, but I don't even think I liked that much, which was Hey Arnold and Rocco's Modern Life. Like those were never my first choice shows, but I have certainly seen every episode five times. But again, not shows I really preferred. I just watched them, even though I didn't really like them. Wow, did I, I'm like, did I ever speak to anyone or was I just always watching TV? I think this is a big reason why me and Carlos are such good friends because it's like all we did was watch TV. And I say this a lot about my friends. It's like, we're the group of people who liked our favorite TV shows a little too much, like more than a normal healthy amount. And so we're kind of losers. Okay. That's the top five-ish. Anti-sadness is combined with the taste of the week this week. And that is not out of laziness. It's really out of true truth. True truth. There, You have truth, but then there's true truth. And so what you really, you think you want the truth, but trust me, you want the true truth doesn't truth doesn't compare to true truth so the taste of the week is homemade hummus holy fuck you guys i made this hummus i'm going to tell you how to make it really quick because it's so important i made it in my blender my vitamix which i saved up all my babysitting money in 2009 and bought when i was 21 living in la in a studio apartment Back when rent was like, no, rent was still really high. Uh, I, okay, the hummus. So the recipe I watched was obviously on TikTok. It called for white beans, but I didn't have those. So I used garbanzo beans, which does make more sense for hummus, but I think any bean works. So it's basically a can of either of those beans, like six artichokes from a can of artichokes. I did a whole squeeze of lemon. I did two big ass garlic cloves. And then I did like a huge glug and other glugs of olive oil, salt, pepper. Is that everything? I think that's everything. Blend it up. This girl added some ice cubes to make it creamier. I did that. I don't understand, but I did it. It's so good, but I do need to tell you, like, the way that I make my, my, I mean, look at me, me and how I make my hummus. I did it once, but it will be a mainstay because store-bought hummus is so disgusting. I've never liked it. It's always, it tastes like packaging. It tastes like preservatives. It's just, like, so gross to me. The only hummus I've ever liked is Pita Inn and Skokie, and now this, or, like, maybe if you go to, you know, like, a nice restaurant where they make it fresh, but Okay, so it is so, I make it so extremely garlicky, so extremely lemony, so extremely salty, and it was so good. I ate it with tortilla chips. I I should, I kind of want to eat it with something else. I don't know what. I don't know why, because tortilla chips are perfect and the best vehicle for anything. Give me tortilla chips and guac or tortilla chips and hummus, and 
I'm at peace. Finally, thank you for bringing me peace. I, and then I scoop it onto a plate and I add, guess what? I add more lemon and I add more olive oil and I add more salt and it's so good. And you better believe that, was that, did I say already? That's the taste of the week. And guess what? Making hummus was also my anti-sadness because last night I was feeling a little bit of a dip, like a little bit of an emotional dip, which is actually thankfully so unbelievably rare for me. Like I have been doing really well and really good at keeping myself feeling good. And I think like, I think the emotional dip made sense. I had, you know, for whatever reason, I had this little dip and I recognized it and I was very self-aware about it. I was like, oh, I'm feeling sad and I'm staying calm and I'm just going to do stuff because like sitting here and thinking about how sad I am isn't going to help. So I'm going to at least do something with my hands and brain while I think about how sad I am and I'll be distracted and then I'll forget that I'm sad. So I made this hummus when I was feeling sad and it really helped me in a way where I'm like, oh, do I even ever need to work out again or take my Lexapro? I mean, I do for sure. But making the hummus, I'm like, oh, is this like why a lot of people don't have depression? Is it just because they cook for themselves? It really helped me feel productive and like a worthy member of society. It just was really, it was a good thing for me. So I think making your own little snack that involves like five ingredients in a blender it will really it could really rock your world what i mean by that is make you not sad um crush of the week it's gotta go to mark marin we had a blast this weekend in colorado we like he just was so funny and so weird and he really reminds me of like a long lost family member and we were both on the same page with our eating because like we kind of he's like i don't want to okay i don't want to say he's the one that has like an eating disorder because i everyone has an eating disorder but we were both like healthy eaters and it was great because I think I mentioned this last week, but like sometimes he's like in ice cream all day mode and sometimes he's like not eating anything but salmon and kale. And this time it was like, okay, great. We're on the same page. We're eating healthy and we're nourishing our bodies. And so it was great. And we had dinner with his friend from seventh grade which was very, I told someone that today and they're like, that's like in a, you're like in a movie. And I'm like, yes, now you get it. I'm always living my life like I'm in a movie. Every, like, that's why I'm always trying to make these random choices. Cause people will be like, why do you open for Mark Marin? You headline your own shows. I'm like, because it's a unique experience that I want to have. And I want to see what it's like to perform in front of someone else's audiences. And I want to like, feel what it's like to be someone's opener, you know, because sometimes I travel with an opener. What do they feel like? What is it like being in that role? And I never had really opened for anyone coming up as a comedian. So I'm like, okay, I'll just do them at the headline and open at the same time, which also goes along with a philosophy of mine that I, it's weird because I have all these philosophies and I say that like I invented them and I made them up even though I'm sure these have been done before. But to me, I made it up for me. So one of my philosophies that I made up and learned through dance was when I want to get really good at something, I like to study it at a advanced level at the same time as I study it as a be- at a beginning level. And so that's really easy to translate to dance, right? Like in ballet, all you do is you take a beginning ballet class and you take an advanced ballet class the next day and you alternate. Like that's a very 
it's very straightforward in dance. It's not as straightforward in other areas of life, but I look for it. And to me, this kind of applies. It's like, okay, I'm going to perform as the opener and as the headliner. And they are very different experiences. They're very different kinds of pressure. When I'm opening for a mark, it's very important to me that I pick the right material and that I just go out there and do a solid job. And then when I'm headlining, it's really more about like having fun, engaging with my crowd, making sure that like people got what they came to see. Whereas when I'm opening for Mark, it's like, I just have to get some jokes out and get laughs and get them excited then to see who they're here to see. So they are two very different jobs. And I actually wouldn't even say one requires, uh, it's not like a clear difference as to which skill is harder, honestly. Um, obviously headlining is a lot more work and I think it's more pressure, but there is still pressure when you're opening because you don't want to mess up someone's show. You got to do a good job. So that's the crush of the week. I feel like that's it for segments. I just want to see if there's anything else I wanted to cover this week. I think like most importantly in terms of announcements, um, my movie has been scheduled. So I had to reschedule Phoenix, but that also means that in December, for sure, I'm coming to San Francisco Seattle and Portland. And these are going to be like, I think at least two of them are theater shows. Like this is a big deal for me. So I really want you guys to come and I'm going to make them really special. And so I want to add more cities. I know you guys have been asking and, um, but those are kind of like three, like the Pacific Northwest. That's just such good vibes early December. So December 1st, I'm in San Francisco, December 3rd, Seattle, December 4th. Portland, Oregon, and you guys can get tickets to see those shows at estheronice.com. Uh, you know, if you want to make a trip out of it, people have really been doing that a lot lately. I've noticed like, cause I'm not doing so many cities, but I, and people are like, you know, eager for experiences. So I appreciate all the people who've been road tripping out to see me. I finally met Donut Power, one of my OG, Periscope Esther squad members and that was really nice. We met after my shows in Austin and he actually he came up from Uvalde so we talked about that and it was just really so fascinating to hear about his life and really great to meet him and so I'm feeling really good about the road and connecting with you guys and then also I finally relaunched Sleepover by Esther so if you go to sleepoverbyester.com, I'm going to do it now with you. It says rerun friendly. That makes sense. And then we have the dance class set, which is a, there's like a, okay, I actually have not talked about these on social media. I've just posted, but if you're interested, they're like, it's basically, I model them after, 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 wow, that's bad. I modeled them after, uh, basically like black dance pants, which were stretchy pants that have a flared leg. They're very comfortable. They have no elastic waistband. So like there's no cutting your skin in, which was very important to me. Again, these are all like cut and sewn here in LA. And then uh, the top is like my most flattering cut where if you look at it, you can see like how the arms, it kind of it goes inward a little. It's just like a very, cause I, I'm very insecure about my arms they're basically never on camera. Like when I'm on a show, I always tell the wardrobe, no arms. We don't show arms, but I'm changing that. I think that was a little bit of a too like insecure body dysmorphic thing. But anyways, because of that, this dance top is like tailored to that. It's tailored to me being comfortable wearing it, showing my arms. And then lastly, but so that set is on sleepoverbaster.com. And I, I know some of the sizes are sold out, but I know there's still some. So you could check and see if you, they have your size. And then if you are not in any of those cities and you want to kind of be the first to know when I'm coming to your city, you can text 
6489098 and that will sign you up for my text alerts. I don't really know what I use them for other than like if there's a new sleepover drop or if I'm coming to your city, I can text people like based on location. So it's really convenient. It's just like a form of marketing. But I have to say I love SMS marketing. Like I'm signed up for it for several brands that I am obsessed with. So I'm a fan of it. And you guys, I think that's it. I feel like we covered a lot of ground today. I really got to tell you, you guys are making, you're making my life better. The fact that you guys have been tuning in and listening and sending messages and commenting and supporting, it's very valuable to me. You, this is, I know some of you feel like, oh my God, I'm in a parasocial relationship with Esther. Same, bitch, same. I am in a parasocial relationship with you. And for those in the back who don't know what parasocial is, I'm going to look it up and I'm going to read you the definition. Parasocial relationships are one-sided relationships where one person extends emotional energy, interest, and time, and the other party, the persona, is completely unaware of the other's existence. Okay, so maybe we're something else, but... I kind of, because I feel aware of your existence. So maybe we're not that. You guys tell me. Thank you so much for listening. If you're listening live on AMP, if you're listening wherever you listen to your podcast, please do not forget. Well, no, you can forget. But like, if you feel it, rate and review, share it on Instagram. Let's get a moment going. Um, honestly, I'm very happy with the numbers. Everyone is returning every week and I'm feeling so grateful that we've built a consistent routine together and I promise to continue to inspire and to support your journey as a creative artist in your own movie of your life because honestly, we're very much focusing on curating main character energy here on My Pleasure. So see you guys next week. Appreciate you. Bye, guys.